welcome to episode 27 of the Talking Bullets podcast. The good news this week is Carson is back with us. The bad news is Mez is with us. So I'm sorry you all have to bear that, but there you go. <laughs> it seems to be another week down, another week closer to Leicester winning the league, which we all just kind of accept as a normality now, but it's still pretty crazy to think that Leicester are going to win the Premier League, especially when you consider that I've written three articles saying that they're not going to do that. <laughs> The Spurs-Manchester United game today could have seen Leicester go 10 points clear if Spurs didn't win. And after a truly awful first half, they uh, scored three goals in the second half, which is always nice to talk about when Poyser and Rogers are on the podcast. So why don't we start with a little chat about Spurs? They're looking good, aren't they? They've got some great players in that team. And I said to you earlier, actually, when we were talking, I said it's nice that they've got such a nice English spine to that team. You said that to me? I think I did earlier, didn't I? We're talking. <laughs> no, nope, you've made that up. <laughs> <laughs> but they look really good today, and they, to be honest, they should have scored early on if Harry Kane stayed on side with that cross ball that had gone in. But they are a really nice side to watch as well. And I was in this really hard situation where I was sat there, I was talking to my brother in law about it, and I was like, I really want Tottenham to win, but also I want United to win because I support United. But at the same time, I kind of want to keep the title race fun. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> We're not making top four, so what does it matter? Well, we could have done it if we'd have won. I think today is the is the final uh, death nails to our campaign for top four. Um, but we, we're just not good enough just to go on to Man United for a second. Um, yeah, go ahead. And whether that's the manager, the players, or a bit of both. It's you, just say that, the, yeah, you say that top four's gone. Wait, wait, wait a second, You say that top four's gone, but you're only four points behind City. We are, but we're not good enough. But. City have got a much stronger team. Um, when you have a man- yeah, but hang on, hang on. I think that's irrelevant this season. Leicester are seven points clear. Yes, that is true. But I can't see us picking up four points uh, more than Man City over the next six games, or Arsenal. Then we'd have to make eight, uh, five points up on them. Six Ars- up yeah, on Arsenal them. are six points ahead of you, but. Arsenal are good for bottling stuff, so you never know. Yeah, I mean there is the slightest of chances, but I think I think if we'd have won today, I'd have been um, quite confident we could have done it. But we got dismantled in the end. Well, the if... fact that, that we won't make this is why I don't think we will make top four because our manager is still an idiot, and we are chasing <laughs> the game. We need a goal. I know. Let's put Ashley Young up front. Well, well, yes. <laughs> As opposed to front? playing him at left back. No, but when you got Mark no, you've got Martial on left wing. Yeah, Why not he, Martial up front and put Ashley Young on the left where he's going to play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was some of thoughts. Like, the manager's making odd decisions and the players that we have just aren't good enough. I mean, the youngsters we have, like Fosu, Mensah, Rashford and Lingard, at the moment, they're not good enough and they may never be good enough. I mean, if I was going to predict it, I'd say that Lingard would never be good enough. Rashford could go either way. Um, but I think Fosu Mensah could be the the diamond in the rough. Hey, when he was on, we were clean sheet. Yeah, he, he was good today. I mean, he, he's a bit naive in some of the things he was doing, but I was impressed. Well, he's just a kid, isn't he? Yeah, he I is. think he'll make up some points, though. I, I think for sure. I know you guys spoke about it last week about this being rubbish, but I mean, your schedule really favors you to make up some points. You have, you know, in your fa- in your last eight fixtures, you have Villa, Palace, Norwich. Bournemouth and two games against West Ham, I believe. That's you, there. Could, there could be worse schedules to end, end the season on us. Yeah, yeah. 
it's quite interesting how before the game today though they uh, Sky Sports did a feature on the two like elite players from each team or the two key players for Spurs it was Harry Kane and Deli Alley, and for United it was Blind and Rashford and there's just such a gulf there isn't there Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a good chance. Those, those two players. Uh, one of them is Rashford, who's a young eighteen-year-old who's been in the team for about six games, and here's a guy who's a left-back playing at centre back. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't he a defensive midfielder playing at left back, playing at centre back? What's that, sorry? Isn't he a defensive midfielder playing at left back, playing at centre back? Yeah. Well, I think I think he was a, a left back who last season was forced into defensive midfield, and this season has been forced into centre back. <laughs> I think that's how I like that. Stick who you can wherever you want, mate. The only thing to be annoyed is if we didn't have De Gea and Martial, where would we be? They're the only two positives from this season. Is De Gea looking at Real Madrid and thinking, if only, if only they'd got that paperwork sorted? <laughs> I wonder if he regrets signing that new contract. He, he will go in the summer, I think. I don't what? see what Manchester United can offer to keep a player of his quality. No, I think it would it would matter. Uh, who came in as manager? I mean, if Mourinho came in, it could go either way. De Gea could think that's a good uh, thing, or he could think the, it's absolutely bonkers. By the way, that's not a slight on Manchester United because I think if he was at any team in the league, I think De Gea is he's a cut above, isn't he? So Madrid yeah. would take him from anybody. It's not as if he's thinking, "Oh, why would I step here?" I think he's probably staying. Why wouldn't I go there? I think Real Madrid and Barcelona and Bayern Munich and previously Manchester United. If you're not at any of those four clubs, then. Uh, you would accept, you would want to play for them. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, well, it's... it's like, if we tell you about them with Harry Kane, say, I know it's a bit of a weird thing, but say Barcelona and Manchester United came in for Harry Kane, you would say, personally, there's more of a favourable chance of him going to United than Barcelona because of the English roots and the English connection. That's the way I look at them sort of things. So, someone like De Gea, he's looking at Barcelona and Real Madrid and going... I want to go home to the top clubs in my country. That's the thing of English players, isn't it? They're all so scared to go abroad. Yep, that's true. That's why you should, we should say how uh, people like Gareth Bale, big players who have actually made that leap. Yeah. Well, Gareth Bale now is... he Any team in the Welsh. Premier League... Well, he's too good for a Premier League team, I think, now, Bale. He's hit that Galactico level. Well, the last... Big, big England player I can think of that played abroad is Owen Hargreaves. I can't think of another player that played abroad that you would say is a top English player. But yeah, he started abroad though, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't move abroad. Well, I guess yeah, you could say, yeah. well, Michael Owen would be in there, wouldn't he? Because he went to Madrid. Jermaine Bennett. Jonathan Woodgate, of course. <clears throat> but there's not enough. When you look at the amount of the nationalities in the English league and then you look at the number of English players or British players abroad... It's, it's. I mean, a lot of that's to do with the fact that English clubs will pay a lot more than what mid-table Spanish teams would play. Yeah. Pay. Well, then that does. So there's all this stuff about um, rules coming in to try and boost English players in the Premier League. Does it not then fall on the aspiration of these players to go abroad to get this game time to make themselves better? Yes, but also I think flipping it around when you look at a club like Aston Villa. They bought in these foreign players at absolute tosh. There must be better players down in the Championship and League One that can come up and join them and be British players there. Yeah, but but there you've got the opposite of what Roger said because those those tosh foreigners that they've brought in, I think they were looking at those as investments. So buy them cheap because they're definitely going to come cheaper than a player who's tearing up the Championship and then hope to sell him on in the future. 
Villa weren't bringing those in for a long-term gain, were they? They were for a couple of seasons. If they're good, we can sell them at a profit. And if they're good, that would be a benefit to our team in the meantime. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Villa have just been so bad, haven't they? Is that seven in a row they've lost now? On top of everything else going on. They're just embarrassing. I would say, and I know it sounds a crazy statement to say, but they're not, but they are, I think, the worst team in Premier League history. Well, they're not. They're not. Aren't they the third worst? But in terms of the players they've got, Derby County, when they got the worst points, they didn't have any good players, did they? They Villa have got some good players. You will come back to the Premier League, but they're just dire. Who do you think? Who do you think they've got in their squad that you could see coming back into the Premier League? Mika Richards. Yeah, but yeah. if if Premier League team, let's be honest, if a Premier League team wanted him, he wouldn't have gone to Fiorentina, would he? But I can see a newly promoted team taking a gamble on him, someone like that. You just wonder about the wage that like he and people like Les got wrong. And this um, Ayu as well. He hasn't come in to work for Peanuts, has he? No. He's he's one who will be going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. This is where the the footballers having good agents comes into it because he can line them up to move away because the championship is one hell of a slog. Yeah, well, they're basically relegated now, aren't they, technically? Uh, Well, technically, no, but (laughs) they're, they're looking like it's inevitable. They were. They've got to win every single game, and they've got to score lots of goals. Well, if if Norwich had won yesterday, they were gone this weekend, weren't they? I think. Yeah. Even if Norwich had drawn. Really. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well, they've they've, they've they've fifteen points from safety with fifteen points left to play for. <laughs> and wow. anyone know who they've got next? Rogers get tap that can't get tap tapping away. It's May United next. Oh. <laughs> at Old Trafford. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're gone, yeah. aren't they? Well, you'd like to think so. Because <laughs> otherwise it means Man United really have balls done. <laughs> well, speaking about... of going down, what I was going to ask you, Hono, is obviously you must be, we, we did definitely speak about this earlier, with the looks of Newcastle and Sunderland potentially joining Villa in the Championship and Boa potentially coming up. That must be interesting for you. I think it would be a real shame. If it would be good to have the big North East clubs all in the top league. Because this is, with how Newcastle and how Sunderland are now, I think we could actually beat them. That's why I want to play them. <laughs> <laughs> looks, like, looks like you're coming up, though. Yeah, I'd like to say yes, but there is still that niggling feeling where we're going to slip down. Finishing third after this season would be awful. But we've only really got ourselves to blame because we've dropped some horrible points to some horrible teams. Luckily, we seem to have got through that now. And if we win our game in hand, we go top. But Brighton and Burnley are just result machines. The thing you say about the horrible teams, though, there is one thing I want to talk about the championship, actually. And that is one of the teams you lost to, you say, is a horrible team, was Rotherham. Yeah. What a job Neil Warnock has done there. Well, he's got manager of the month, didn't he? They won again this weekend as well, Rotherham. They were bottom, weren't they? And they were about five or six points adrift at one point. Now they're fifth from bottom. They're what? They're just out of relegation now. They're nine points clear of the relegation zone. What a fall from grace for Bolton Wanderers as well, relegated down to League One. That having JJ Okocha and Yuri Djurkaev in their team just seems so far away now, doesn't it? Ivan Campo as well. Yeah, Fernando Hierro. <laughs> Who did who did Big Sa 
get all these plans. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he uh, spoke to Joe Kinnear, because obviously he's got everyone in his phone book, hasn't he? <laughs> well, when you look at it, I looked. I was trying to see it earlier on. Most of the teams now in that championship are ex-Premier League teams. Well, that's that's going to happen with time, though, isn't it? The longer it goes on, that's going to happen. Yeah. They all would just come from nowhere, boys. <laughs> no, but as in, it shows that a lot of teams getting promoted to the Premier League and going back down, but as in, it's a constant cycle. It's not just up and down, up well, and down. Yeah, I think you'll probably find it's about three teams a season. Yeah, something like that. No, but variety is what I mean. It's not the same three teams going up, coming down every season. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it always used to be West Brom, didn't it? The boing, boing baggies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, winning the QPR. Yeah. Carson, uh, Matt, another start for Matt Miazga today, wasn't it? Uh, yesterday, yeah. No, oh, yeah. A little bit more shaky uh, yesterday, but it was, I mean, that's to be expected when you're not playing Villa every week. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I, I'm impressed with him. I mean, he's, he's brand new to the team. He's, it's the first u.s national team member to ever play for chelsea to begin with so it's going to take some getting used to but i think his his positioning has been great uh his clearances are a little questionable at times but i mean that's just gonna it's his second start in the uh in the league so it's going to come with time but i think he's showing great promise well the game against swansea is just the example of an end of the season nothing matters yeah, we have nothing left to play for, but I mean, he does, and, and of course, with the new manager coming in, it's not like you're trying to impress anybody right now, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, if anything, just getting getting minutes under your belt and establishing, you know, what name you can, I guess, with the fans and the the rest of the first team guys. So, yeah, well, that's it. amongst the players. If he kind of gets himself out there and gets a reputation amongst the other players, then the the coaches obviously yeah. put a word in when Conte comes in, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. So. No, I think I think he's got a great shot at being a uh, a regular, even if it's just rotation. But defense is where we need depth right now. So, so let's assume uh, think... long term the starting centre backs for Chelsea are going to be Zuma and Miazga. Where can we all see Cahill going, or do you think he'll stay and become that like I think, patriarch? I think Cahill is is going to be Cahill and. I think Cahill's going to be the stalwart, actually. I think he'll play and start most of the time. It'll be a rotation even between... Uh, I think Miazga's going to be the rotation player. It'll be Zuma and Cahill most of the time, I would predict. But I, I would expect Miazga to get quite a bit of rotation. I can see Cahill. It's, it's been, uh, I mean, that that would be a very... that That's what it depends on, whether he leaves or goes. So. What I mean, we don't really... I'm thinking is I can see him going as part of a deal to get John Stones. Cahill to Everton, plus money, and get Stones to Chelsea. The the big guessing game right now is what is going to do when he comes in, who's staying, who's going, who's in his good graces, who he has no intentions of playing. And that's been a big speculation and worry. There's a lot of names getting thrown around coming back from loan that I'm not so sure about. One of those being Juan Cuadrado, who was awful, awful for Chelsea, <laughs> and flourishing, flourishing under, you know, at Juventus. And he's familiar with Conte, so maybe we can. Maybe it'll be better this time around. But that was the one player that I was glad to see go out on loan. And I wonder if that's a that's a style thing though, because he was getting asked to do more defensively than he possibly is at Juventus, isn't he? True. Yeah, it's a completely different. I mean, the Italian league versus the Premier League is a completely different type of game. The Premier League is much more physical, I'd say. And I think. Just to talk about him to begin with, though, I think he was trying to do too much on the ball last season. It was really frustrating. I've never seen somebody cough the ball up so much, but he was also just trying to dribble and get caught 
out of the wings and just having nowhere to go, and it was gone. So, I don't know. There's a lot of players like that, but that's one that's worrying me. Um, we don't know if Tebow's going to be here. Uh, Hazard's probably already walking out the door. Um, I am interested to see who he might be willing to purchase. But the thing that would, would worry me about that, though, is with him being the Italian team manager and working in Italy so, for so long, obviously the players that he's going to know, a lot of them are Italian. There's very few Italian players that come over here, or players from even the Italian league, I would say, come over here and do really well. There's very few of them. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a great change of flavor, though. I mean, that's it's not like a big change for Chelsea to have an Italian manager at all. Like, that's nothing new for Chelsea. But, um, I don't know, I'm really hoping he does kind of want to come in and, I mean, ch- I mean, change the formation even. What if he decides he wants to play three three backs, you know, three center backs instead of, you know, the traditional four that we're playing right now. So I think that could be a good thing for Chelsea, especially with the kind of midfield, you know, options we have right now. Our forward, as usual, is still very much in question. But I think the midfield, we've got a lot of talent that we can mix and match and put something together. But I think that'd be really interesting if he came in and wanted to play a three back. Well, he's going to have... a a black slate to do whatever he wants, isn't he? Because this season's been yep. so bad that it needs that the spark I mean, or that reinvigoration. It's, it's been, sorry, go ahead and finish. No, that that was that was me finished. Just he needs but, something to provide that spark. It's been bad, but we do need to give credit credit to Gus Hitting for coming in and turning it around the way he was. You know, he has. We're in the top half of the table right now, even for this tenth. That is amazing for how the season and you know. Two two thirds of the season went. I never thought. I thought we'd still be battling, you know, up in like anywhere from fifteenth to eighteenth. Well, the thing right is, now. you're only eight points off sixth. So I mean, realistically, yeah. like those teams are going to keep picking up points, but it's not as bad yeah. as it, it's not a tenth place that's as bad as it sounds. No, this season is not as bad as it has looked on paper. We really have turned it around, and, and hopefully, we continue that trend. And um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for Conte. I don't. I haven't known a lot about him prior to this appointment but I've been kind of reading in and looking up at his career and I'm, I'm excited I'm excited I really do hope he brings a change of a change of style a change of like just I think it's time for an overhaul of just the way Chelsea plays football and the way you know can we put to death boring boring Chelsea and, and begin something new yeah and I think even with players like Miaska coming in is kind of a uh, you know the start of, of that you know from a board perspective well, I wonder if from a board perspective they're going away from we're going to throw thirty-five million pounds at a named player and Ugh, we're going to yeah. we're going to actually have a team that just works. I would rather us do that, even if it means where we have to. I mean, I, I'm being completely honest. I wouldn't mind a season or two, maybe even three, if it takes it of mediocrity in mid-table. If it means we can build a, f- a firm foundation, yeah, it's going to be tough because you're not going to get high-level players who aren't going to have any European competition. But I just I think it would be great for Chelsea to do that to bring some young players in, really get them you know built up, and let's build something. Let's quit throwing money at old players that are you know has-beens. <laughs> well, you've got the right player there to do that because at the at Conte's first like team meeting, he should get Willian to stand on a chair and say, right, everybody needs to work as hard as him. And then we'll be yes. absolutely fine. Great I shout. Don't, I don't know if that's possible because he is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> you program up and set him off. You can't do that with humans. <laughs> well, assuming there's no cyborg in him, that should be the plan. Um, Mez, can you depress us all a little bit with your tone when you talk about Arsenal being 2-0 up? Was it a good point against West Ham? or? Um, 
Well, I didn't watch it, so I can't really, I can't really comment on how we played. But okay, um, well then, not knowing anything like that, you've drawn <laughs> just if you were just to see the result three three against West Ham, are you happy with that? Are you disappointed or? Uh, no, I, I'm disappointed because we obviously need to win every single game to the end of the season to keep whatever minuscule title challenge that we have left. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's three points dropped. Well, two points dropped. Um, Your title race, I think, is over. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, with, it's I mean, it's a massive it's a massive ask um, for us to even be considered in the title race. Um, but drawing and, and dropping two points against West Ham, and you know, fair play to West Ham. They've, you know, they're also really three points to Andy Carroll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, I mean, it just—it's typical Arsenal. Two 0 up, and then within ten minutes, we're like three two down. Yeah, it was a, something. It worked out for something like a nine minute hat trick for Carroll, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, you just—you cannot, you just cannot have that. Um, but. Always next season, I guess. We've st- we're still in the hunt for that fourth well, place. Well, Wenger said he's staying for next year as well, so more of the same next year. But I know it's all ifs and buts, but you're six points ahead of United in fifth. Manchester United, not West Ham United. Had Manchester United won today, that you'd have only been three points ahead of them, and it would have looked a whole lot more dodgy for you finishing in the top four. Is, I mean, Wenger is the master of finishing the top four. Are you... Thinking that this could be the year he doesn't. I think we're. I I think we'll still finish in the top four. The biggest disappointment will be that we'll finish below Tottenham. Don't you think <laughs> it's embarrassing though that in the season when Man United, Man City, and Chelsea all struggle, you still haven't won the league? Oh yeah, I mean this. This was. I know. You Can know, you make it, I'd say. I. The thing is, is that I don't want to sound like the typical Arsenal fan that that feels that the title should be ours. But <laughs> but having said that, <laughs> but having any if any year we had a chance to win the title and took and we could have taken it by the short and curlies and won the title, it was this year. And his inability to buy a proper striker in January cost us that I mean I don't want to take anything away from Leicester because they've been incredible and they deserve and hopefully they'll win the title but we should we should have won the title this year it was our title after what had happened at the beginning of the season with Chelsea throwing throwing it away and being shocking and then the other teams around us being so inconsistent it should have been ours, but I mean it's Arsenal, isn't it? Like yeah. we've always bought them. Yeah. Like, One of the things I keep yeah. hearing that makes me laugh so much is when I I've spoken to a few Arsenal fans over the week about it, and when you say to them you just needed that top strike, and they go, yeah, but Wenger said there isn't anyone out there, and you go, okay, and then they go, well, who was there that Arsenal could have signed? Really, I'm like, I don't know. That's Wenger's job. Yeah. To find someone. <laughs> Why is he referring to you to find him a striker? <laughs> Wenger's job to find someone that would be good enough. No, but the thing is, is that everybody's available, but just at a certain price. Yeah. Like you know, this, Wenger isn't playing football manager where there's a list of players available that are on the transfer list that he can sign. Wenger could sign anyone. Just call up the phone. And that's how he came. 
He's the only striker probably you realistically couldn't sign, and that's about it. So do you think that, let's assume Leicester go on and win the league, that this just plays into Wenger's hands? Because now he's justified in saying, well, look, that shows you don't need to spend a whole load of money to win the league. You can just do it on this budget. No, if, if anything, it makes Wenger look even worse. Because on paper, we you would say that we've got a better overall squad than Leicester. I would yeah. say it's even worse for him because he's been unable to get the best out of that squad of players. And... You know, although we don't play consistently well, there are some good talents in our squad. Um, when you compare it to Leicester, um, if anything, this this just proves how how far he has fallen and his ability, well, his inability now to be able to get the best out of his players. Yeah. Do we think? Well, mention about Leicester. Jamie Vardy is now on twenty for the season. He's probably going to be there next year because they, well, they're almost guaranteed Champions League football, aren't they? Um, the year after that, he's he's what twenty eight now. So before the end of his career, he's got the potential to have one big move. Could you see him going, or could you see him sticking out with Leicester to enjoy the Champions League with Leicester? I think he'll stay at Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't he stay at Leicester? Okay. I think. Let's With the United loss, they are guaranteed a Champions League spot, actually. They've already got it. They've clinched it. But hasn't he gone up to like 100 grand a week now anyway? He's gone on a big contract. I think he's gone up to 70. But let's say in the summer then, Wenger opens his checkbook and he's going to pay Vardy... Ah! Uh, I know, I know. But let's say he's going to pay Vardy 150 grand. At the point Vardy's going to be, what, approaching 29? Is he not just thinking, I can sign this three-year deal for Arsenal and my family are set for life? Yeah, but I mean that's that's I mean it's it's not the best example because Wenger would never do that for a twenty nine year old. Um, it's all hypothetically speaking, but I could see Vardy doing it. I could see him. I mean, we could uh, see him doing one big opportunity to go because, to a big club, and if he does, I think it'd be Chelsea. Well, realistically, if he's going to make that big move, it's going to be this summer because, like you said, no one's going to spend that much on a guy who's going to be nearly thirty by the end of next season. God. I think it depends on how he does in the Euros. If he plays, he scores a few goals, yeah. so there's going to be everybody looking for him. Yeah. Even more so. Maybe he'll end up at Galatasaray or something. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't begrudge him a move to a, you know, a bigger club. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Simply because, simply because of you know, the fact that he was playing like non-league football, you know, what was it, like five, well, th- six years ago? I think whatever he does now, he's going to have the freedom of Leicester. Yeah, um, I, d- I don't know if it will happen though. I think, I think he's you know he must be happy at Leicester. He he will definitely stay next season. Um, and however well they do, they do in the Champions League is still up in the air because Le- Leicester with being so good and this year they do now face that struggle, don't they, to keep. Players like Vardy, like Mares, Drinkwater, Casper Schmeichel, for example. Um, but I think he'll stay. But then, but then, yeah, maybe he will go. Okay, I well, reckon it will be a Liverpool though. Well, you mentioned it. Just a second, Poiser. You mentioned it. What about Riyad Mahrez? Can you see him staying? No, no, because no, he's already he's already come out and said that he would quite happily go to Barcelona and sit on the bench. But, but that's the thing for any of these Leicester players now; they should be looking at it as 
opening opportunities that were never going to be there before. I think something that will be interesting for them, because this might, the new rule for the Champions League might convince a few of them to stay. Now, I know it sounds silly, but it might. Because automatically now, the league champions qualify in pot one. That makes sense. So champions are now in pot one, guaranteed. So Leicester won't go into pot four. They will be in pot one with Real Madrid, Barcelona. They won't play any of them teams. And it will mean the other English teams will drop down to pot two and maybe pot three. That's good. The other English team will be in pot one. That's good because it's the Champions League. You shouldn't finish fourth in a league and then get put into the pot one. That would be a joke. Why the hell is that just now getting implemented? That makes sense. That's insane to me that that is just now coming about. They're going to technically go into that group as champions and they might end up getting some nice teams and so it might actually convince some of them players to go, you know what, if it doesn't work out at Leicester and we get knocked out of the Champions League and get stuffed 6-0 in every game and we're mid-table, I still think I could get a move in January next year. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think that this season has definitely, obviously, has definitely done them no harm. Um, but just quickly jumping back to that Champions League point, it makes so much sense that you get rewarded for winning the league. It's It seems like such a no-brainer. It does, and it? But the danger is for the other English teams, they could quite fall down into pop two and three. So we might see United or Arsenal or City down in pop two and three now. Well, we definitely will. Well, that's and good, will happen, because it's so, the Champions League. So, so pop one now is guaranteed to be the champions of the leagues, the champions of the Champions League. But if they are already in pop one, so they are champions of their league, it will go to the next lowest ranking um, country for their champions to go in. So there's only so many ones that can go in pot one, obviously. So all the top divisions get it. And then if the champions of the Champions League are the champions of their league, the next lowest ranking country's champions go in there. So many champions. <laughs> yeah, that's that, what that it is be, the though. most sensical way to do it. That is, it makes me mad that they're only just now doing it that way. <laughs> it just makes so much though, sense, doesn't it? It's all about these big clubs having all the power. Someone was putting forward the idea that Man United and Arsenal and that should just qualify automatically every year, no matter where they finish oh, in the league. Piss off! <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think the idea. It's a load of rubbish. Money. Well, that's all they're after. Well, Money. speaking of a load of rubbish, Poiser, can you finish us off with a story? Yeah, it's a. Uh, I am. I've got a good one. And Merrigan, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. Because we can all celebrate. Abu Dhabi has made his first start for a club in three years. (laughs) (laughs) But he went off injured. (laughs) Is that true? Did you just say Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Yeah, I think he played Dubai. Uh, Yeah, like Abu Dhabi. Dhabi or... Yeah, he played his first start in three years and now he's injured and he can't play next game. Who's he play for? He plays for... I've got it here. Let me have a look. It's, um, isn't it Marseille or someone? It is Marseille. Marseille or someone. To be honest, I don't really find that funny. I find that more depressing for the guy, really. Wow, Okay. well this is taking... I'm going to stop this now before he plunges us into depression. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying the guy. The guy's had a tough career, and you know, he's sure really talented. He's an airport, I, I, I like the Abbey. Yeah, he was really good, and he's the highest played, highest paid bench sitter you're ever going to meet. Yeah. Well, to be fair, not the bench. It's more like the uh, 
treatment yeah. type. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you had to keep paying him because someone had to keep talking to Jack Wilshere, otherwise he'd have got bored as well. <laughs> That's it for us this week, folks. Don't forget, we are at Talking Borlocks on Twitter and we are Talking Borlocks on Facebook. We will see you in a week and we will find out if Leicester are one step closer to winning the league. <laughs>